0: Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you. Thanks for joining me on The Brian Buffini Show. As you know, once in a while, we like to take you live to one of our events, where I presented some... Brand new, fresh content to an audience. And we just feel it's a great thing to bring to you. And so, right now, I want you to envision that you're in a room full of 3,000 people at our mastermind summit. And I recently covered content on how to live an inspired life. So, what you're going to learn is how to get unstuck, how to handle setbacks, and how to create a zest for your life. So, I hope you enjoy this. I hope you take some notes. Join me at a live presentation at our Mastermind. Enjoy. This little topic of living an inspired life is going to kind of sneak up on you because it's not something that's really talked about in everyday life. It's not really something you're going to see on the news. And it sounds a little airy-fairy. It sounds a little out there, a little, okay, you know, inspiration. It sounds a little loose. And you're going to find out, like most things I come from, it is bedrock core stuff. In fact, it's going to fix many of the foundational challenges that have symptoms. That's all we see. And I believe attempting, focusing, trying to live an inspired life will solve dozens of symptoms. Dozens of symptoms will dissipate because you're focused on trying to live an inspired life in the attempt and the effort to live an inspired life. Now, let me give you the good news. You will not live a fully inspired life. Sometimes life isn't fun. Or I'm not feeling quite inspirational right now, sir. You just cut me off and told me I'm number one on the 15 freeway. (laughs) I might not be feeling fully inspired at that moment. Are you guys with me? Okay, I'm not going to sell that to you. But I'm going to tell you this. If you'll fix the foundation, the cracks in the wall stop appearing. And I'm going to share with you that as in the attempt and the effort to live an inspired life, a lot of the symptoms you're dealing with in your life start getting straightened out. The finances start getting straightened out. The health stuff starts getting straightened out. The relationships start getting straightened out. The emotional stuff, the internal dialogue starts getting straightened out. And and I'm going to tell you that one of the byproducts of living an inspired life is happiness. Happiness is somewhat of a byproduct of attempting to live an inspired life. What's the word that I just said there that's important for you? Say it again. That's it. That's it. God loves a trier. And in the attempt is where it's at. So let's get right down to business here. Inspiration. First of all, it's a divine influence. This is not me. This is Mr. Webster. A divine influence on people. The next thing is to creatively stimulate thoughts. So to creatively stimulate thoughts and emotions is inspiration. Creative stimulation of thoughts and emotions. So being creative stimulating your thinking and your emotions, both things. You can't just stimulate your thinking. And in America, we try to do that many times. And then the last thing about inspiration as a definition, it's to breathe life into, to breathe life into. Sometimes you have to breathe life into a relationship, into family members. Sometimes you've got to breathe life into your health. Sometimes you've got to breathe life into your career, breathe life into your business. So that's what inspiration is and it'll breathe life into every part of your life. So let me share with you right now what the symptoms are. So pretend right now we're having the corporate meeting and I'm gonna put some symptoms up on the wall that most people would not associate with the consequence of not attempting to live an inspired life. So the first thing is feeling stuck in life, feeling stuck. Have you ever felt stuck? Has anyone next to you ever felt stuck? (laughs) Somebody you know. That's why you brought them to Mastermind. Okay. <laughs> you need to come. And what is that? Have you ever made a dumb decision because you wanted to feel like, at least I got something going on? Have you ever invested or tried something because you just, like I feel stuck right now, so I'm just going to try something. And okay, that's value. But you know, it's better to try something good. So feeling stuck. I've hit a plateau. This is as far as I've gotten. I've tried before. I've tried again. Trying. <laughs> I'm on the 74th diet. Okay. I feel stuck. Here's the definition of stuck. It's to remain in a static condition or it's to experience a lack of progress. It's to remain in a static condition or a lack of progress. And for some of us, that's more trying than others based on certain heritage profile attributes. Okay, if you're a, a momentum person, oh, feeling stuck is the worst feeling in the world. So you'll break out all the way. I feel stuck. This is one of the dynamics that people will feel oftentimes. By the way, the, the people most likely to make an impulsive purchasing decision are the people who are most financially strapped. And you go, oh, well, that's why they got there. Nope. Nope. It's one of the consequences. I feel stuck. I feel trapped. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I'm going to buy myself something because I'm going to feel better. And there might be that instantaneous gratification. And then later, there's all the other stuff. Well, that happens in much bigger things than making a spontaneous purchase. Here's the next symptom: it reduces your ability to handle setbacks. It reduces your ability to handle setbacks. How many of you have heard of the word fitness? Okay. (laughs) The word fitness is actually not how far you can run or or jog or all the exercises you can do. Fitness is determined as how quick a person can recover. That's how a person is tested in fitness. You do an exercise, you do something where you get exerted, and it's how quickly you can recover is your fitness. Does that make sense? Well, your emotional fitness is how well you can handle setbacks. How well you can handle things that don't go well. Difficulties, conversations all, and and what happens is you'll notice that as your fitness goes down emotionally, you go into avoidance mode, you go to all conflict avoidance at all costs. And by the way, conflict avoidance is often fueling the fire for later on. Is that true? And so we want to be emotionally fit. And and the ability to have an inspired life makes you emotionally fit to handle all these setbacks. Here's the thing. It'll become more and more of water rolling off a duck's back. Is this making sense at all? How many of you have ever experienced a time when, geez, I just can't handle that right now. How many of you have ever had that? Okay. And so that's absolutely understandable. The feeling of overwhelm. All of those types of things. These are symptoms. I feel overwhelmed. I feel stressed out. I just can't handle that right now. Now, no one would say, oh, you're if you went to a therapist, they're not going to say, oh, you need to live a more inspired life. That's not where they're going to go. Oh, let's understand the source of the overwhelm. You might even have a checklist or how-tos. And they're all valuable. Those things are valuable. But I'm going to share with you, to fix the foundation is living the inspired life. Teddy Roosevelt, who my daughter named one of our horses after, said, I have never in my life envied a human being who led an easy life. I have envied a great many people who've led difficult lives and led them well. Led them well. When you live an inspired life, your capacity to handle difficult situations, conflicts, things that go wrong, and the very things that happen in life, you'll be able to handle it more without having to go to artificial ways to try to handle those stresses. Is it about perfect? No. It's about attempting and improving. I'm going to attempt to live the inspired life, and I've improved. So maybe on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm a a 2, being able to handle challenges. Well, if you go from 2 to 4, you might not be great, but you're twice as good as you were. You're twice as emotionally fit as you were, and that's called success. Everybody with me? All right. Next, it creates fertile ground for failure. Fertile ground for failure. When we don't have inspiration in our lives, it's like fertilizer and the ground is tilled to grow failure. Failure is the F word in American society. Because failure is often associated as a judgment. I love what the late Zig used to say on this. Failure is an event, not a person. Brilliant concept. So the word failure, by its very nature, is a stamp, it's a judgment, I'm in a box, it's all you are. And failure is an event. But what happens is creating a fertile ground for failure. Do people fail, yes or no? Have some people gone and taken the as my son Alex would say, the dirt nap (laughs) and maybe been considered by people as a failure. Some have. That has happened. So we don't want to create that fertile ground. We don't want to till that soil. We don't want that soil being fertile. We want the inspiration fertile soil. Dennis Waitley from San Diego, brilliant guy, said this, failure should be our teacher, not our undertaker. Failure is delay, not defeat. It's a temporary detour, not a dead end. Failure is something we can avoid only by saying nothing, doing nothing, and being nothing. Well, I would say saying nothing and doing nothing and being nothing would be an example of living an uninspired life. Would you guys agree with that? Yes or no? Next, now here's the subtle one. Deep breath, deep breath. Okay. My mission in life is to comfort the afflicted, but occasionally I have to afflict the comfortable. This is a very subtle one, but I would say in my life, in my journey and my observations and running this coaching company, this is the subtle one that I think is the most pervasive of not living an inspired life, is a gravitation towards criticism and frustration. And it's this silent little drift into criticism. Nobody thinks they're critical. Now, there's a difference between a critical thinker and criticism. And you make observations about things, and, and there's some things that are better than others, and so on and so forth. But what happens is it's a subtle drift into this and that, and this and that, and this and that. I have a mentor who was uh, in the real estate business, the great Gene Kuhlman. And Gene is in the, he's in the last stages now, and he probably will be gone in the next few months. And it's just a guy I've had a lot of joy with over the years. And he was always a positive encourager. He was the 65-year-old guy when I was 20 when we first met. And he's always been the go for it, Brian, and do this and do that. And he would be, he'd be in his late 70s making these aggressive investments. It was just kind of an inspiring guy. Well, he got to that stage and his health started suffering, so on and so forth. And all of a sudden, he's sitting at home and he's watching the news. And then he finally discovers all the wonderful stuff on the internet about the news. And I have watched this progression over this period of time where I I, I used to really, really, I couldn't wait to get together with him. Now I go out of duty, not devotion. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Because I'm gonna have an hour of criticism. And it was just this drift. And it was this, and again, there's a natural progression there and I don't under, I'm not in my 80s on the back nine. I'm not in that spot. My health is not failing like that. So there's grace I have and all that kind of stuff but I've watched the influence because the stuff he wants to talk to me about are those criticisms he's received from others and now he's plugging into his own life. Are you guys hearing me? So let me give you this concept as we get into this. Inspiration is built into you, okay? And I want you to visualize this. This is a housing audience. That all the wiring is in you for inspiration, like a pre-wire in a home. And you have the batteries and you have the wall socket. If you plug into the wall socket of inspiration, you'll get fueled. When you plug out of those sources of inspiration, you're gonna run on batteries. And if you don't keep plugging in, the batteries are gonna run down. And what's left is an uninspired life, and those symptoms are not good at all. Is everybody with me? An interesting book on this subject is uh, Think Like a Freak. Interesting guys, don't agree with everything they say. They wrote Freakonomics. Certainly not a big fan of their real estate views, but this piece here was Think Like a Freak. They, they did some neat work on this in regards to people's self-assessment. And people often don't have a great self-assessment. We think we're a certain way, but perhaps we're not. And that's why it's great to get coaching. That's why it's great to be in a community where you get outside perspective like you are. You know, most people think they're better drivers than they are. Have you ever been to karaoke night? <laughs> uh, or the first night of Mastermind, you know? <laughs> People think they can sing better than they can. Okay? So the bottom line is that's why we need these outside perspectives. Let me tell you, no one ever makes a decision. I'm gonna be critical today. I gotta find opportunities to really nail somebody today. You know? Here's my deal. I don't, I make a commitment every morning to be positive, but here's what I've noticed about myself. There are certain people that I have interactions with on in certain capacities that are negative people. And I find that it's a button that gets pushed. And I I don't, I don't, I don't and then another thing, and I find I can jump right into that stuff. I just drain the power out of the battery. I'm draining the power out of the battery. Here's another symptom is it reduces your belief in the future. It reduces your belief in the future. Let me share this. I love this, Ralph Waldo Emerson. This dude had a lot of good things to say. He said, We are born believing. A man bears beliefs as a tree bears apples. We were born to do it. We're born to do it. An apple tree is designed to produce apples. I'm going to share with you that belief and inspiration is built into you. It's part of your hardwiring. It's how you were designed. And when you plug into the sources of inspiration, it comes out your pores. It's what you start living. You don't have to try. You'll just be. You won't have to work at it. It'll just happen. It's a natural byproduct of doing the things, putting yourself in the environments, getting the exposure. And I'm going to show you today how there's external sources of inspiration and internal sources of inspiration. There are tons of sources of inspiration. And when you tap into them, you'll be living an inspired life. It's as simple as that. Are you guys ready for the happy news? You want some happy stuff? Here it goes. Here's what's going to happen as you attempt... To live an inspired life. First thing it does, it creates a zest for life. I love that word. Doesn't it sound like lemon grinder? Zest. 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 Norman Vincent Peale, the the father of the positive thinking movement. Okay? If you have zest and enthusiasm, you attract zest and enthusiasm. Life does give back in kind. I'm going to talk more about this, but if you want more enthusiasm from people, give it. People are so nice to you, Brian. I'm nice to people (laughs) first. And I'm nice to people when they're not nice to me. I give energy to people who drain it, but I also give energy to people who give it. A lot of the people in this room over the years have given me a lot of energy. This is a special group of people right here. Given me notes and emails and told me your stories. and Shared with your coach and stuff like that. Come here and you bring all this energy. And I'm always so proud to bring these speakers and come and expose them to you guys. But the dynamic is you get back in kind. Many times we're focused on what we don't have or what we're not receiving. You go give the zest, you go get the zest. Now how do you give it if you don't feel it? You got to attempt the inspiration. And tempt at the inspired life. Do the things that can bring inspiration. Plug into the wall, you'll have a little more zest. You give out zest and enthusiasm, what will you receive? Do you guys believe in the law of gravity? What goes up? Give it out in slices. Comes back in loaves. Do you believe it though? Then give out more. We'll talk about what is it when I don't feel like I have more to give. Next benefit of living an inspired life makes each day more meaningful, gives it meaning. Each day, each day is valuable. When you're overwhelmed, out of whack, every day is like, well, what's the purpose? What's the point? When you're behind on your bills, one more purchase isn't going to kill me. If you're struggling with your weight, one more piece of pizza is not going to kill me. When you're feeling like you're kind of lost, it's just Wednesday, or, or it's, I hate Mondays, or whatever, this particular day, but this particular day could be that day. Some days you strike a match. Some days when you turn on the engine, the spark plugs spark. You keep showing up and some of those days will be the day that will lead to other days and other days and you start combining them more and more together, you live the good life. There's 365 days in a year. It doesn't mean all 365 are inspired, but if 200 are, you're living a good life. Makes each day meaningful. Dostoevsky said it this way, deprived of meaningful work, men and women lose their reason for existence they go stark raving mad I read war and peace and I almost went stark raving mad (laughs) but meaningless work Nelson Mandela what they tried to do to break the spirit of the prisoners on Robben Island was have them move a pile of rocks from here and move them over there and then wake up the next day and move the same pile from here to move them over there They had work that could have been meaningful. They had things they could have had them do. They tried to do the most damaging thing they could do to break these men's will and spirit was to do meaningless things. If you look at television today, there's a lot of meaningless stuff on television. Would you guys agree with that statement? Now, it's an escape, it's a relaxation, it's a thing, it's a that. But I want to tell you, each day has meaning. Each day has meaning. It has value. And so making each day more meaningful will bring an inspiration. Just value each day. Value each day. You know, when you lose somebody, the value of that day, oh my goodness. It makes you treasure it. Next, it gives you hope and energy for the challenges ahead. It means you can meet the challenges of life and meet the challenges of everything that's facing you out there and the challenges of the world. And oh, by the way, we're in the market. The vast majority of people in this room are in the market and the market changes and the market has challenges. Has anybody noticed that? You need to have energy. You need to have fire. You need to. And attempting to live an inspired life is what plugs you into the wall. It's what fires you up. And I'm going to give you a whole bunch of examples of what can do that for you. What it does for me anyway. The more difficulties one has to encounter within and without, the more significant and the higher in inspiration their life will be. Horace Bushnell, a little Welsh theologian, who turns out is the great-great-grandfather of Tom Jones. What's up, pussycat? Uh You didn't know you had it in him, did you? Tom was living an inspired life. And it lays the foundation for happiness. See... Many of us want happiness, but inspiration lays the foundation for it. And I'm going to talk about that. So, for example, right now, we're all breathing in oxygen and we're breathing out carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide is the byproduct. Your body is not saying this. Your body is going, need oxygen. Okay? Need to breathe in. That's what I need. The byproduct is carbon dioxide. Happiness is a byproduct of an inspired life. The more the inspiration, the greater the happiness. How many of you want to be happier? Okay. Mahatma Gandhi said it this way. Happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are all in harmony. What you think, what you say, and what you do. And I'm going to tell you, that's a neat phrase. That's hard to do. That's hard to do. All right. So now we've seen some of the symptoms. How many of you would say some of the symptoms of not living an inspired life? You can recognize some of those in your life. Can I see your hands? Okay. How many of you want some of these benefits? You want a little zest action? want a little energy? Okay. Well, let's talk right now about these benefits. It makes you a person of great resilience and resolve. Great resilience and resolve. Mandela said it this way. He said, the greatest glory in living lies not in never failing, but in rising every time we fall. Very cool stuff. So. What I'm going to do right now is going to give you some tools. I always give you the how to, I'll show you the problems and we'll expose them. I'll step on a few toes. I'll sell you on the dream. Here's what happens if you do the stuff. And now what I want to do is give you a few tools. I'm going to give you a few tools to live an inspired life. Because some of you are like, "Hey, hey, hey, what is this? So what I'm going to show you now is how we actually have, we've really no reason not to live an inspired life because there's so much opportunity. It looks like this. There's external inspiration and there's internal inspiration. And we can fire these up. We can fire these up so that all the outlets are working. So all the, the, all the circuits are firing and living an inspired life. And the more of these circuits you turn on, the more inspired you'll be, the more fired up you'll be, the more of an inspiration you'll be to other people, which at the end of the day is what inspiration's all about. If you are inspired and living an inspired life, you're going to take someone else with you just by your example. So here's the first thing, an external inspiration It's beautiful. It's called the awe of nature. The awe of nature. All we got to do is go outside. When we go outside and we experience this, and sometimes it's lakes and rivers, sometimes it's small like a little butterfly or a flower, and there is inspiration to be drawn. We can plug in to the beauty, the majesty of it all, the amazingness of it all. You know, we live around light all the time. It's sometimes hard to see the stars. And... I would say to you, you go to the downtown cities and you see people who are wrapped more and more tightly all the time. It's the speed of life and so on and, so on. and it doesn't mean you can't live an inspired life downtown. That's not what it is. But there's a reason why in New York there's a thing called Central Park. What did that cost? How many of you have a place that's not too far away that's just downright beautiful? And when we appreciate it, Robert Kemp, every time he talks to me, he goes, I'm calling you from Montecito or also known as heaven. Because <laughs> he appreciates it. He loves where he lives. And value it. And sometimes we have so many knots in our rope, in one of us and these little sources. I, it's great to have the wonder of a child and the awe of nature. And it's a source of inspiration. I'm telling you, you take a little bit, sometimes you take a little break and just go somewhere and don't return calls and don't text anybody and just get some fresh air and if it's raining, if it's snowing, whatever your world is and just go take a little drink of it. Go take a little drink of it. If you could do a little bit of that every day in some capacity. Oh, I'm out for my power walk. How about you stop during your power walk and take something in and get a fitness for the soul And you just, here's what you did. You just plugged in the awe of nature. It's out there and it's free. Okay? It's funny, so many people who love nature, they're all bound up in global warming. They freaking enjoy it. Okay? Okay, I get all that. Social consciousness, nothing wrong. Good stuff. But enjoy it now. It is special. We hold Mastermind in San Diego. It's not a hard spot to come to. Come on now walk outside today and just find just I swear two minutes just just watch it just watch it drink it in it's where I'm starting I will tell you this the more I'm plugged into that the more I'm plugged into everything else make a little time for it next another external source of inspiration is an improbable comeback we love the movies, we love the stories, we love the books, we love the documentaries about an improbable comeback because it inspires us. Because improbable comebacks are all around us. I want to expose you to a, a, an improbable comeback. And one of the things you'll find during this program, I'll do an awful lot of showing on ordinary people who are inspirational. And I'm going to share with you, ordinary people are the most inspirational. And here's what I happen to believe. I think God loves ordinary people because he made so many of us. But every day, in every way, ordinary people do extraordinary things. And I am going to tell you something you don't know about yourself. The extraordinary things you do, you don't think are extraordinary. In fact, the most extraordinary things you've done in your life, sometimes you're embarrassed about. Or you wouldn't want to tell somebody. Because it's something that it was a struggle or a challenge. Or you didn't always hold up and then however you fought your way and muddled your way through it. But you don't think nobody's making a movie about that because you don't feel inspirational most of the time. And nobody's making a movie about my life. But that doesn't mean that they can't. The next inspiring thing is never-ending devotion. Never-ending devotion. And many of you in here exhibit this. You've had a parent you've had to take care of or nurse through the hospice process or help them die with dignity or someone stricken with a debilitating disease or cancer, you've had never-ending devotion. Many of you moms have had that never-ending devotion for that kid that went off the rails, who may be a young adult off the rails, who may be midlife off the rails. I'll give you whatever encouragement I have. One of my favorite verses I share with people from the Scriptures is, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Did you catch that part? (laughs) Hang in there, moms and dads. Hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. You may not get to enjoy all the fruits of it now. I've had lessons in this. People I poured myself into, poured myself I had a young man on a football team. Man, I gave him everything. The coaches gave him everything. And all these kids were growing and all these kids were moving. And we gave this kid everything. And he resisted it and he resisted it. And I went away and I said, I said this, Mr. Motivational, that kid's never gonna get it. Three years later, that kid goes into the army gets this rapid succession of promotions, this rapid say, gets the highest security clearance you can get in the U.S Army as a 21-year-old. And on Facebook, he posts up the motto of our football team. "That's right, I gave up. But it didn't mean the inspiration didn't carry. You have in you never-ending devotion for someone or something. And many times we think, oh, we're wrong, or we'll get judged for it, or you're being codependent, or you're this and that and the site. There's all kinds of things for it. And it doesn't mean there's a right way to go about things and a wrong way to go about things or a better way to go about things. But that never-ending devotion is Inspirational. You've extended yourself and extended yourself and given and loved and given and loved and gotten frustrated and gotten angry and given up and then got back on the horse and loved and given and loved and given and they didn't give back and you didn't see progress and you loved and you given and you loved and you you given and it's not going anywhere and what the hell and and I'm done with this, this is too painful. Here's what happens. Every time you plug in externally, internally and you fire up the inspirational circuits, you have more to give. You have more to give. You have more to give, and you'll be more loving and more, more enduring. And you'll be able to give more, believe it or not. Right now, you may not be able to give anything in that circumstance, but you plug in, you'll give more. You know why? Because you won't need as much. you got your own inspirational sources, and I promise you, you do that. When they are old, or when you are old, or maybe you don't even get to see the end of the movie when you're gone... It's not all just about this life. When you're gone, your legacy will be never-ending devotion. Ooh, would you like to have that said about you? Would you like that to be part of your legacy? I don't have the power to have never-ending devotion if I don't plug in. Because I don't even have enough for myself. Next, the relentless pursuit of a worthy goal. Relentless, one of my all time favorite words in my vocabulary. Relentless. Relentless. It's how I got my wife to marry me. Relentless. I was relentless. Okay? I ask her out. Nothing happening. Pour on the charm. Nope, Heisman. Relentless still chase her around the house today (laughs) relentless she's quick relentless pursuit of a worthy goal neat story how many of you have heard of Diana Nyad she's a long-distance swimmer done all the major swims 35 years ago, she's sitting on Johnny Carson saying, I'm going to swim from Cuba to Florida. 103 miles, treacherous water, shark infested. And what's really lethal about it is that it's infested with jellyfish in the currents. Five times she attempted this swim. The first four times ended in failure, one after another, after another. One time she got attacked by a school of jellyfish left scars all over her body. Relentless. She eventually had them invent a mask and a bodysuit specifically designed to repel jellyfish. Now think about this. At 64 years of age, she swims 103 miles through the current, through the sharks, through the jellyfish, and comes out the other side. And I just dig it that some 64-year-old gal can get in the water and do something that I wouldn't do in a boat. (laughs) It's awesome. Next, exposure to what's possible. Exposure to what's possible. We live in a world that things are possible. We live in America for the love of Mary. Where's all my Canadians? Where's all the Canadians? Let me hear you. Hey, hey. Great to see you. I mean, I got to tell you, and I, I think it's awesome, you know, that there's this, the fresh wind that blew into Canada in the late 90s and with the Olympics and the immigration that's come to that country. The U.S. and Canada, I mean, their sister countries. It is amazing what happens here in North America. You need to go travel so you can appreciate things. But here's what happens. Watch this. When we take things for granted, it's when we plug out of inspiration. You know, we lost our house in the fire, and you go to rebuild a house. All of a sudden, building a foundation? Really? That's what goes on? That's how long it took. That's the effort, the walls. And when you see the stuff getting built and going, you have an appreciation for everything. Like children, and that's why children often are more inspired. That's why children often have less hang-ups. Yes, they have less scars, but they also have this joy because they're drinking in the awe of nature. They're drinking in the awe of things. And the curiosity. Now, I want to speak to right now. Everybody under 25, I want you to stand up for a second. I want you to stand up for me, okay? I want to talk to you. All the under 25s, listen to me. Listen to me. Hey, great to have you here, first of all. I want to share something with you. In our culture, in the TV, on the news, everywhere. The next generation, the generation this has gone to hell. The culture's gone to hell. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. Let me tell you, that's called crap. Okay? That's a bunch of old farts who forgot what their parents and grandparents said to them. If I see one more program on the 60s, I'm going to vomit. Get over it, okay? You grew your hair out and had sex in a park. Good for you. I'm going to tell you this. I am more encouraged about young people today than I've ever been about any culture in my life. I'm more fired up. You're more innovative. You're more creative. You think out of the box. You're going to invent stuff that no one's ever thought of. You seem to have far more balance. You seem to be less consumed with just getting it all in regards to finances. You want the whole package. You want life. You want balance. You want inspiration. You want community. It's not how big your house is. It's how big your life is. I see this in young people. You young people who are here, you go and live an inspired life. You go and create the next great thing. Okay? You got a great future ahead of you. Don't be the old fart curmudgeon, will you? Has the Has the culture changed? is there cause for certain concerns. Yes, yes. Don't take it out on young people. I'm telling you, be inspired about what these young people are doing. Some amazing stuff, amazing stuff. We don't like it cause it's change. Watch it. When you flip the switch in your head and you look to these people to be sources of inspiration, watch how it changes your world. No, I don't know how to use these newfangled things. Have a kid show you. It's awesome. It's awesome. I love seeing older people who are young at heart. You're growing. You're inspired. And I want to tell you, fuel these young people. You have wisdom. You have experiences. What we can give to these young folks is our experiences in a way that they can use it and fuel them. Are you with me? Not to dampen them. Oh, yeah, I'm very concerned. You guys are screwed. How many of you grew up here in the such thing of Social Security? How many of you heard that? Okay, great. They're still saying it. Great. Well, who the hell needs it anyway? Go and invent PopeOnARope.com. You'll be set. So, the awe of nature, an improbable comeback, never-ending devotion, relentless pursuit of a worthy goal, exposure to what's possible. Are there sources out there for us to tap into? Yes or no? Yeah. And there is cool stuff. There is actually some good stuff on YouTube. There is some good stuff on the internet. If you go looking for it, you can find inspiration there. You can find everything else as well. But if you want inspiration and you're looking for the socket to plug into, it's there. And it's there better and more available than ever before. You don't have to listen to the town crier come and tell you a story. You can find it. You can find it throughout your day. Is that true? Now, the other source is the internal source of inspiration. The internal source. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is a head record because we typically think inspiration is something we have to get done from the outside. Let me tell you what the outside is. Outside in is motivation. Inside out is inspiration. Did you guys catch that? I have to tell people when I'm being profound. <laughs> outside in, motivation. Inside out, inspiration. So what I want to expose you to are the character qualities that inspire. Okay? Now, what do we typically do? We go to inspiration. Watch this. I want to tell you. Little, my mother calls me a hive of useless information. There are, right now in the United States, 37, 37 24-hour sports networks. Everybody sees what's happening at ESPN, and everybody wants one of them. Little Cash cow. Cash cow. ESPN rakes in so much more money than ABC. And ABC is a huge company. I love sports. I'm into sports. All my kids play sports. I played sports. Married an athlete. I dig sports. Everybody with me? 37, 24 channels. And what happens is we look at these stars. How many of these folks, they can do inspirational things or it inspires you. But I'm going to tell you, this is chump change compared to what you can do. So we go and we, we abdicate 37, 24-hour sports networks. Oh, so we, we'll go there for inspiration. And again, that's not inspiration. It gets you fired up. Somebody makes a putt. Somebody makes a touchdown. I mean, if I saw half the agents that I see during the course of a year be as fired up about their business as they are about their local sports teams, they double and triple their income. They get a listing. Yeah! <laughs> Another thing to sell. It's probably overpriced. But some dude they don't know catches the ball in a preseason game and they're fired up. (laughs) Or we abdicate to the movies and TV and we go look for the superheroes outside. I'm going to tell you, okay, I enjoy all of this stuff. As you can tell, this is the kind of crap I have to watch. (laughs) But that's not where internal inspiration comes from. And here's what I want to do. I want to open your eyes to that sources of inspiration that are right around you. And when you tap into it, it'll change your world. I'm going to share with you now personally some sources of inspiration that once I viewed them as a source of inspiration and that I could glean from them, I could actually admire in them what those character traits were. It enhanced my ability to use those things myself or remind me of those traits myself. Are you guys with me? So it's like you open up your eyes to nature, you open up your eyes to the things around you, but you can also open up those people right around you. Let me show you my superhero team. This is the Avengers. The A-team. There's the A-team right there. That's kind of the bad A-team, isn't it? Okay. I'm going to walk you through what I learned from these guys and how it inspires my life. You know, because when you're a parent or you're in a relationship, you, you, you know, you fill certain roles. And you go from bus conductor to prison warden, you know, to coach, back to prison warden. But I want to share with you how these different sources of inspiration exist. So let me give you an example. The first character quality for inspiration is being resolute. Being resolute. I love the, the desk that sits in the White House that the president sits behind it's called the Resolute Desk. Okay? Where did I learn and where did I get inspired and constantly inspired by resolution? Is Beverly. Now, she's not just hot. But I've learned from my bride about being resolved. Not just resolved, okay, I'm going to be an Olympic athlete and what that takes. But as we've been on this journey together, when we in- endured recessions or we've gone through challenges and things we've seen and death and all the different things of life, when it got down to we had to sell $30 million worth of our own personal real estate to reinvest back to Buffining Company, let me tell you what Miss Resolute says. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And that's how she does it. She doesn't. And there's no aftertaste. Well, we should have done this and we should have done that and we should have done this and we should have not. Resolute in mind and spirit. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Okay. This is what we're facing with. Whatever it takes. It's a great phrase. Whatever it takes. Because sometimes... uh, And, and, you know, my conversations are long. Because I'm able to really package the problem. Her conversations are short, whatever it takes. You know how long I've been working on this? (laughs) But what I do, it draws me back. Okay. And sometimes I go, i got to put my big boy pants on. Are you with me? Now, I'm a pretty resolute guy, but sometimes I don't feel resolute. Are you guys with me? Sources are out there. Next character quality. Determined. Determined. So when I started going from hey, I'm the coach and I'm going to do this and I'm going to learn from everything and everyone around me, changes everything. Here's determined, number 41 at SMU. All right. I want you to think about this. He played eight-man homeschool football. Now, I don't know what images that brings up for you. But if you can put your uniform on the first time straight, they make you the captain. But I want to tell you a story about this guy and how this dude, I'm not just, I'm not talking here as a proud dad, although I am, I'm talking here as a student. So here's a dude, he plays two years of eight-man football, homeschool, goes to where football's a religion in Texas. And we were naive. We didn't really know the way the game worked. Because he has the talent, he has the drive, and he's got the goods. But he wasn't recruited. And the way the system works is if I'm an assistant coach and I will go to a high school and I recruit a kid, I'm going to tell that coach I'm going to get him on the field so I can come back next year and get your next kid and next year, get your next kid because it's all about me being a recruiter so I can keep my job. Does that make sense? So when AJ walks on, he's nobody's kid and you go, oh, they let the best players play. Mm -mm. His coach came to him, said, I'm going to get you to quit. I didn't bring you here. I didn't want you here. You're going on the practice squad. And you're going to play against the number one defense. And they're going to beat the snot out of you, and you're going to quit. In the three years he's been there, 11 guys at his position have quit. He cracked a bone in his back. They put him at running back. They're playing Texas A&M. You're going to be Johnny Manziel. We're going to beat the hell out of you, even though that's not your position. And I watch him, and I watch him, and he, good days, bad days, whatever else. But determined, determined, determined. And it makes me, when I have to go through challenges, oh, oh, traffic, <laughs> that's the worst. Or, you know, the cheese plate didn't arrive or whatever, whatever's going on or this and that and the other. So here's what I do. I draw inspiration. So AJ has certain songs he plays. So in the mornings, especially when I get up early in the morning, 530, so on, I got to go work out. I have a gym at the house. There's times I don't feel like it. Have you ever not felt like it? And so what I'll do is I'll play the songs he listens to. Next character quality, devoted. All in, all the time, all the work, all the energy, with a smile, with a spirit of devotion. I don't have to look very far than the recently crowned U.S. National Dressage Champion. There's Sunday Boy right there six o'clock every morning, six days a week, usually home seven o'clock at night, all in, all in, never once, Anna, you got to get out of bed, never once. Now, she's got her goals. She's obviously got her mama's jeans. All in, all in, all in. But I look at that, and I'm telling you, it impacts me during the day. I'm telling you, kid, I think about it, what would Anna do? Anna goes, okay, she goes to the Dr. Furman seminar, She's so, like, okay, I'll be a better rider if I only eat fruits and vegetables, so that's all I'm going to do. So apparently that's the way you're supposed to do it. And I get this all the time, like, what would Anna do? But devoted, 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 and the devotion is there, and it's all in. I had a neat story. We were, we were over looking at a horse, which is the new addiction. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm there, and we're meeting this trainer who's a world-class trainer, and he comes over to me, and he's a German guy, and he goes, yo, Anna is very special and he went on to tell me a story that he had trained a champion girl and he said in two years she'd never thanked him he goes she writes me notes thanks me all the time does whatever else and then he said he said I want to tell you a story one of the grooms had broken their hand and couldn't do their work and he said she showed up every morning a couple hours early did that groom's work for three weeks she never told me so devoted devoted to what she does who she's around and doesn't need anybody to know it and I go okay buff okay buff I can raise my game. I can learn from that source of inspiration. I can see that inspiration around me. It leaves every day. It doesn't look like inspiration. Nobody's making movies about it. It doesn't sound like inspiration, but it is and it inspires me and it gets me to plug in. Are you guys with me? And you have this around you. The next character quality is charismatic. Again, most people don't think they're charismatic. I'm gonna be up on stage, I'm gonna be doing this, I'm gonna be doing that, no. Charisma is the ability to connect. My charismatic dude is Alex. And Alex would not strike you as a... Alex is the easiest going guy we have. When we're walking as a family, we're all kind of walking together. 25 feet behind Alex's. He is the definition of chill pill, Joe Cool. Just. So he's not up there prancing around. He's not a look-at-me guy whatever else and this and any other. But he has this innate charisma as a character quality to connect and build relationships. So everywhere he goes, people want him to be part of the gig. You might think, I'm not charismatic. You might think that. You have a charisma and an ability to connect. And it's part of what makes life rich. And it's an inspiring part of this life. Relationships are a big part of this life. People are hard. Is that true? But that innate, you know, what happens is we get burned out with people. We're in a people saturated industry. I don't want to see any more people. I don't want to talk to anybody. And what happens is it tends to cut us off from those people that we need to connect with. Are you hearing me? Because we can get fuel by plugging in. Next. Patience. Patience. Being patient. I got one. We're having a blood test to see if he's mine. Because this is something I seem to struggle with. I'm a fast-paced guy. My patient one is Adam. And he's just patient. And he's patient with people. He's patient with processes. And he's the Lego master. And I look at these things and I I get overwhelmed. He opens the boxes, I get overwhelmed. And I went to the store because everything he's gotten, he's built. So I finally went up to Legoland and I said, I want the most difficult, complex thing you got. Keep him out of trouble. And they give me the Death Star. And this thing opens up and it has elevators inside. This thing is crazy. And he said it'll take an experienced builder two to three months. Now, I learned this lesson from him. He's painstakingly patient. I'm thinking, two to three months? Now, here's a lesson I got from him. He did it in ten days. Because he was patient. And he says, Dad, things go quicker if you slow down. So I signed up for coaching. Now, the one he built had 10,500 pieces. This here had 238 pieces right here. It took 11 weeks. You don't have to hit them, Dad. They're meant to fit together. (laughs) Still a work in progress. The last two here is passionate and loving. Passionate is a fabulous character. Called, and that's that enthusiasm. That's where that zest comes in. And loving. And I got twin sisters that do this for me. And I see them in the girls. Amy and Alicia. And although they're twins, they're the best of friends, but they're totally the opposite. Amy, she's all passion. She's fired up. She's a buffini, this girl. She is she wants to go on the fastest roller coaster, the most dangerous rides... Drive a little faster, Dad. She's the one, she can convince me of anything. She's like, Dad, it'd be great if you could coach our basketball team next year. It'd be great if you would do this. I'm like, oh, uh, really? Oh, uh, you'd be great at it, Dad. I'm like, yeah, of course I would. I started looking it up. I'm buying books. I'm watching videos. I've been months researching it. I have no freaking idea about basketball. I know less today than I did. I've been researching all this stuff, and I said, okay, We are going to be the most physical junior high girls team in the market. We're not going to play the game, but we're going to hit. Boom! Ponytails with attitude. But then I get the other side is Alicia. Alicia's all love. Now, what I notice about Alicia is that here's what I've learned from this girl. Everyone tells me she has so much I just love Alicia. I just love Alicia. I just love Alicia. And the thing about Alicia that's wild to me is Alicia is more loving externally, giving of it than anyone I know. And I'm t- I've had thoughts, you know, you worry about your kids. and, oh, she's too. That's too much. She's always. And then I'm watching it, and I'm watching the reaction, and she is like a little honeycomb. They all come to her, and she gets all this love all the time. And I'm sitting here going, oh, nobody loving on me. <laughs> And what I've learned from this girl is that you give it out in slices, it comes back in in love. But I don't feel like giving it out if I'm burned out, overwhelmed, and I'm not inspired. i got to be plugged in to give it out. Are you guys the same way, yes or no? We get plugged in, we get to give it out. So there's external, there's internal. But wait, there's more. Here's what I want you to do real quick. I want you to circle the three out of the seven that you admire the most in people out of resolute, determined, devoted, charismatic, patient, passionate, loving. I want you to circle the three that are best to you. This is what I admire the most in people. Or if I could have this, this is what I'd really like to have. Just circle the three. Okay, just drawing circles. Everybody got three? All right, you ready for something? Okay, just stay with me. There's a few more seconds. Watch this. This is powerful. I've done a ton of study on this. I've read all the stats and the psychological reports and the physiological studies. And here's what I have found in over a dozen different works on this subject. You ready? Listen. Those qualities that you most admire in someone else, it is not physiologically possible to admire and desire those qualities unless you possess them yourself. It is not physiologically possible to admire and desire qualities that you do not possess yourself. Those three things you circled are in you. They might be the things that you struggle with, you might have had negative feedback on it, you might have a lot of self-talk about it. But if you think about what I'm saying, the truth of the matter is, I am not a very patient person when it comes to Legos or building crap or whatever. (laughs) I am infinitely patient when it comes to people and relationships. And I didn't realize that about myself. I would categorize myself as an impatient person because of traffic or because of this or because of trying to get stuff done. Are you guys hearing me? Yes or no? But when I read the studies and I went into the reports, it blew my mind. Those things I so admired in other people, it turned out I had them. And when you look at this list, I want you to look at those three things. And right now, some of you are going, that's not true for me. It is, dig in deeper. You'll be blown away. And what you need to do is plug in a little more, fan the flames of that. Everybody good? How many of you like the idea? Look at the three qualities. How many of you like the idea that those three qualities are in you? Could I see your hands? How many of you think your life would be more inspired if those three qualities showed up more and more every day? That's what we're after. Let's plug in and those three things, will you'll see them on the outside. Last, here's the seven sources of inspiration. First, seek out wisdom. Seek out wisdom. Books, classes, people, mentors, coaches, seek out wisdom. Someone who's had a huge influence on me is one of our clients, the great Arlene Holt, my darling. For those of you who don't know her story, she called her office in 1996. She was 80 years old. She said, I need to speak to Brian Buffini. We get a lot of calls like that. They hand her over to the client care department. She says, I need to speak to Brian Buffini. She goes, what can I help you with? Well, I'm thinking about getting into his coaching program, but I need to see if he's a man I can trust. So I need to talk to him. Well, let me help you. She goes, young lady, you don't understand. I'm 80 years old. I have a 25-year business plan, and I've heard he's the man who can get me there. (laughs) Now, you call Buffini company and say that, you get to talk to me. (laughs) And over the next 17, 18 years... Became one of the most sweetest, beautiful relationships in my life. And yeah, we coached her. And yeah, it was a spectacular relationship. And yeah, at 94, she had her best year ever. (laughs) Truth, with her daughter, Chris. Next, exposure to acts of bravery. Exposure to acts of bravery. Bravery is every hour of every day. You have hundreds of examples around you, with you, in this regard. Draw strength from it our own fabulous coach, the great Kelly Snyder. Many of you have been coached by Kelly. Got a tumor out of nowhere and fought it with such courage and such bravery and has come out the other side and is one of my favorite people on this planet. I did a pop by the office one day and here she was, as soon as she was up on two feet coaching people, going through chemo, doing all that. Kelly, you're a source of inspiration for me and for many, many people. Acts of bravery, courage, and helping these folks has helped you, right? Giving out that encouragement and giving out that help has helped you get healthy. Number three, finding role models. Finding role models. They're all around. They're all around. I don't have to look very far. Here they are. Gee, Brian, you're married 24 years and whatever else. These two have been together 63 years, mom and dad. The real Buffini and company, George and Therese. I go out and play golf with my dad. My dad plays golf three days a week, pulls his own cart, pulls the bag, doesn't take a cart. He goes, that's for old people. I might notice how we play golf in America, dad. He goes, no, that's for old people. We're walking. I'm like, really? I'm pulling a hamstring. He's 83, he's bombing the ball down the fairway. When we played at Augusta with Lou Holtz, Lou Holtz was pissed. Because Lewis used to being the older guy that everybody wows about how far he hit the ball. My old man was sailing it over him. (laughs) Number four, establish goals. Henry David Thoreau said it this way, what you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become by achieving your goals. Everyone coming out of here tomorrow is going to have a set of goals. A new set of goals for an inspired life. Next, inspirational environments. Put yourself in there. It's a source. We talked about it. We talked about nature. But I'm going to tell you another piece to this is music. Music stirs the soul. I've gone through periods where for whatever reason, you know, CDs to iPhones to iPads. Or whatever, and and I like, when music has left my life, so has the inspiration. Put the good stuff in there. It makes you feel a certain way. Books, movies, there's great stuff out there. My kids give me grief all the time. But there's a lot of true stories out there they've made into inspirational movies. I don't care if you've watched it seven times, plug it in again. It's amazing. Next, examples you can identify with. Find people you can identify with as a source of inspiration. You know, many people wouldn't think Johnny Cash is a source of inspiration. Let me tell you, they don't make a stamp for you in the U.S. unless you're a source of inspiration was all of Johnny's life an inspiration? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's sometimes from inspiration, you find out what to do and what not to do. But it inspires me to keep telling the truth. Keep being real. Keep being sincere. Keep being authentic. Don't quit in that. You know, when you do interviews and this and and any other, they hammer you for that stuff. When you get exposed to do the media stuff, I'm just going to say the way, I'm just going to be very genuine with people. They jump on that. The media wants... Something from you. And when you give it to them, they jump all over you. Bring it on. I'm plugged in. I'm plugged in. Bring it on. I'm plugged in. I'm going to kick your ass with inspiration. Put your big boy pants on. Let's go, CNN. Let's go. And number seven is the power of your own story. The late, great Maya Angelou. There is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside of you. I'm going to help you to tap into the greatest source of inspiration you've ever seen, which is the power of your own story. And I'm going to show you how to do this. And 99% of you don't think you have much of a story, or certainly a story you wouldn't tell. When we do the inspirational things, when we live the inspired life, when we attempt inspiration, when we plug in, there's more of us, and it comes out our pores. And one of the symptoms, one of the byproducts, will be Happiness. How many of you want to be more happy? See, you can sign on for that. You go after the inspired life, and happiness will be one of the fantastic byproducts. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope you got a lot from it, and I hope it helps you to live a more inspired life. Don't forget to head over and leave a review on iTunes. I I love hearing your feedback. I'm actually reading some of your reviews today in the studio. The reviews help to spread the word. They also let me know the kind of stuff you're enjoying. We're also on Android, so download your favorite podcast app from Google Play, and you can tune in for free also. Now, I always say it, but our goal on this show is to positively influence as many folks as we can. So be sure to share the show with others. We're really uh, over the moon. The show is now in 116 countries. We've had hundreds of thousands of downloads of the show in just the first six months. So thanks for spreading the word. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys are enjoying it. So as I leave you today, I want to leave you with an inspirational quote that my grandfather always left. And uh, he certainly lived a a life that inspired me. And I hope uh, this quote will inspire you. May the roads rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand.